Here are three quick questions to engage your brain. Number one, how would you answer the following? True or false? Most people can be trusted. Number two, what percentage of Americans answered true to that question in 1964? And number three, what percentage of Americans answered true to that same question in 2016? If I were a betting man, I'd guess you answered no to question one, underestimated on question two, and may have been close on question number three. So the answers are, drumroll please, in 1964, 77% of respondents said most people can be trusted, but only 31% viewed most others as worthy of trust in 2016, thus causing my negativistic prediction about you today. So where did those 46 points worth of trust go in that 52-year span? My uneducated guesses include such things as the highly vitriolic and alarmist tone of political discourse, high-profile cases of corporate greed, a 24-hour news cycle trolling for stories of human depravity, a level of social media viciousness fueled by people relishing in the anonymity and reach of their online posts, etc. But I'll let the social scientists take a scholarly approach to understanding our trust gap. For me, as a customer experience consultant, low trust has huge business importance. The 2016 data emerging from research conducted by Stanford Law School has led PBS to opine that the new U.S. motto should be, in nothing we trust. This pervasive cynicism is not limited by how we view one another, but how we view most institutions, including government and business. So how do businesses thrive when they're likely populated by owners, employees, and customers who all share a common and heightened level of distrust? More importantly, how do you differentiate yourself as a trustworthy brand? Given the enormity of this topic, I will try to digest it over multiple posts. For this week's installment, I'll focus on the importance of extending trust in low-trust times. I remember working with Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, as he defined a policy that allowed his contact center, referred to as the CLT, Customer Loyalty Team, to credit a customer's account with a return if a customer notified the CLT that they were, quote, going to be returning items, end quote. In essence, a call to the contact center might go as follows. Customer, I have 10 pairs of shoes I'm going to be sending back. Zappos CLT. Great, I'll remove those charges from your credit card. Customer, wait, I don't trust myself to do that immediately. Zappos CLT. That's okay. I trust you, and I backed out the charge. Customer, wow, are you real? That type of unconventional policy essentially extends trust even before the customer thinks it's warranted. By the way, if the shoes never make it back, they can always rerun the charge. From a customer's perspective, it's rare that a brand extends trust. Given laws of reciprocity, people tend to return that which they are given, Thus, unexpected trust results in the reciprocal action of finding the brand to be trustworthy. There are at least three key elements to extending trust. Number one, contrary to the emerging trend, you have to fundamentally believe that most people are trustworthy. Personally, I'm not sure I can operate any social contract if that's not at the center of my belief system. Number two, you have to authentically extend trust whenever possible. And number three, you need to know reasonable limits of trust and how to manage those cases 
where your trust is violated. I know the cynics. They talk about how customers will rob you out of business, or if you give an inch an employee or customer will take a mile. They will cite examples like the recent story in the Washington Post, where an umbrella-sharing startup in a very communal culture like China struggled from overestimating the trustworthiness of people. According to the article, quote, for a deposit of about $2.79, users could check out an umbrella via app. They would then pay about $0.75 cents for every half hour of use and check them back in when done. Users could find the umbrellas in stands at subways and bus stations. They could leave them wherever. Once checked out, a user would receive a code to unlock the lock built into the handle. But not everything that can be shared should be shared, as nearly all of the 300,000 umbrellas have gone missing. End quote. I counter with examples of businesses that adhere to the three tenets I have discussed previously, and how those businesses extend trust to customers as part of the respect they have for them. That respect and trust is foundational to all relationships and should be assumed until the other person acts to erode it. Call me naive, but I would rather read less about humans being untrustworthy and read more about hashtag dress matchmaker, the hashtag used by a grassroots movement of women offering to allow other women to borrow their wedding dresses in the wake of dress manufacturer Alfred Angelo's sudden bankruptcy. Here are excerpts from a few tweets that continue to give me cause to trust the amazing goodness of people. Hashtag dress matchmaker. I just got married in May and am willing to give my dress to a scrambling bride in need. Hashtag dress matchmaker. I heard the news. I have a size 18 to 20 dress that I would happily part with to a bride in distress. Or, anyone willing to donate their wedding dress to a bride in a bind? I'm going to offer mine after our wedding in two weeks. Hashtag dress matchmaker. I am looking forward to share more on trust in future blog installments, and you can trust that.